0: Welcome back to Have You Read This, a podcast for bookworms, lovers of sarcasm, and coffee addicts. Buckle your seatbelts and prepare for the worst, because here is your host and purveyor of opinions, Jason Morrison. You may need some Tylenol and a heating pad, because Lord knows that is the only way I can get through these episodes. border remains a fluid, mutating, stubbornly troubling, enthusiastically lethal region. Perhaps it's not a region at all, maybe it's just an idea nobody can agree on, a conversation that never ends, even when it becomes an argument and all participants kick over the table and spill their drinks and stomp out of the room. I was born there. When I first discovered my love for reading, I started with nonfiction. What I love most about reading nonfiction is how one book may reference several others or different events. And that in turn triggers a desire to read more about this new topic. Like when I started reading about Everest, that led to reading about K2. And then that led to reading about cave diving and similar adventures or stories of survival. And that's most likely how I ended up reading The Devil's Highway by Luis Alberto Urea. But given my current state of senility, who really knows how I ended up anywhere? The book takes place in early 2001, I think May, around that time frame, And it follows 26 men and boys who attempted to enter the United States by walking across the Southern Arizona desert. And this is an area referred to as the devil's highway. We follow these men from being recruited by Mexican gangsters to the border where guides or coyotes, as it referred to, take over. And finally, their journey in 115 degree heat in the sun out in a national wildlife refuge. 14 of these did not make it and died out in the desert. And the survivors had managed to signal border patrol and were thankfully rescued. And I read somewhere it took five helicopters to transport them and also to recover those that had died. And all of the survivors also suffered kidney damage from the extreme heat. And this entire book is a vivid and detailed picture that won't be out of my mind anytime soon. And of of note, the chapter in which... He describes the details of what happens to the human body through hyperthermia was so difficult to read that it, it turned my stomach to think to just think about somebody having to experience that. These conditions were so drastic and desperate and inhumane that it, it hurt to read them. I looked this area up to see more photos of the place and found the official website run by U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And their their disclaimers are are pretty pretty, uh, blunt, I guess I should say. It's pretty different than some of the disclaimers you might see on like a typical Parks and Recreation type website. This one in particular, it reads, visitors must come prepared to face the landscape alone sometimes with only what they can carry on their back. Be prepared for anything. Temperatures can dip into the 30s in winter and over 110 in the summer. No mechanical devices are allowed in wilderness, meaning no cars, bikes, chainsaws, or drills. This area does have roads that cut through the wilderness area but are not connected to it. Also, roads are for high-clearance vehicles only. And there is no gas or supplies in the refuge. Make sure to bring enough food and water for an extended trip if problems arise. So, yeah, it's not your average disclaimer. And the U.S. Border Patrol also claims that approximately 9,000 migrants have died on the southern border since 1998. So it's a very, very brutal place. This book does more than document the journey, but addresses the reasons and motivations for someone to risk their life to make this type of a trek. These men were given they were given a face and in many ways they were given a voice in this book. They were they were humanized and not left solely to be property or a uh, statistic. I learned so much about those that that crossed the border and Everything that they have to endure just to do that. At the same time, The Devil's Highway also discusses the perspective of the Border Patrol agents who work to apprehend undocumented immigrants. It does a great job of pointing out that this situation is not just a simple thing. It's not a cut and dry, some try to make it out to be. And the book, I feel, had a very balanced take on both sides of this. And all of this is done quite skillfully. I've read a ton of nonfiction books that, that read like encyclopedias and having, and just having said that out loud, I wonder how many of you out there even have an encyclopedia at your house. And I wonder how many of you like me had parents who bought one of those encyclopedia Britannica sets that took up 900 square feet in the house and weighed 430 pounds. Anyway, this book was artfully written. I felt. And it's one thing to tackle a difficult subject like this and research it. And it's an entirely different thing to present it in a format that makes such a difficult topic actually interesting to read. And after I was done reading this one and tried to process it, one thing that stood out to me was that there's a lot of bodies that, that don't have a grave, at least not one like you and I are probably most familiar with. You can't just Hop in your car and drive over and leave flowers on a headstone. The only way to actually locate some of these bodies was with latitude and longitude coordinates. And I don't know why, but like when I read that, like I was I was really saddened by that. I just thought how terrible and a lonely situation to to die in out there. Politics, policies, border walls, money, all that stuff aside. I have an assignment for you. After you read this book, of course, while looking up information for the book, I found a video by Eva Beck where she drives through El Camino del Diablo, which is the real name, the Devil's Highway. And there's a there's a ton of fascinating visuals and background information in the area. And I'll put this up on the website. Uh, have you read podcast dot com? And when you watch this video, what I want you to imagine is I want you to imagine crossing this area, any part of this area, but not in the, the truck that she's driving or with the supplies. I want you to imagine doing this on foot with little or no belongings, leaving everything that you've kind of known behind and heading into an even more unknown situation with people that you might not entirely trust. And then I also want you to imagine as you're doing this. Running Out of Water and Supplies. And that will give you a glimpse of what this book is like. And you you know what I felt after I read this book? I felt a tremendous and overwhelming sense of thankfulness. I am so thankful that I have never been in a position where I felt it would be better for me to make a journey like this than to stay where I am. So that's my assignment. This might not be a topic that you would normally read, but I, I think it's I think it's very well presented. It's interesting. It's eye-opening. It has all the elements that that I look for when I'm interested in a new topic, especially nonfiction. And one of the things that I love probably the most about reading about nonfiction, especially stuff like this, is that now with with YouTube and social media, you can easily hop online and search an area like this. And I found several videos of this area where people obviously who are well prepared and well supplied and were authorized to be in this area, took plenty of cameras and documented their trip. And it's fascinating to see this area. I, I can't imagine how frightened I would probably be if I was out there in the middle of the night, not knowing where I'm going necessarily and knowing that I was running low on supplies or out. That's just a terrible, terrible situation. And I can't even imagine putting myself in that. Also, uh part of me hates to do this, but just going to do it anyway. I'd appreciate it if you'd follow the show on whatever platform it is, set whatever kind of bells, whistles, notifications, any of that garbage, drop a five-star rating Uh, bake me a cake follow me on my space and most importantly get off my lawn until next time the desert is alive it always has been but only the dead know it